Hi, this is Viv, and you're listening to the new episode of If I Did, You Can Too. The guest that I have for you guys today is someone who followed her gut even in the worst and the darkest times in her life. And now she actually has her own company doing what she loves, living where she wants next to her partner. So let's hear her story and get inspired. Okay, so we have Anahita here. Anahita, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi there, uh, my name is Anahita and I'm from Shiraz, Iran. Uh, I'm an architect and jewelry designer currently living in Sweden, Gothenburg. And I've been moving around quite a lot in my life. But uh, yeah, I'm here now doing uh, mostly jewelry design. Anahita, let's start from the time back when you were in Iran. And tell us the story of how you actually left Iran, you started studying interior design, and the whole thing that happened right after that. So, yeah, I studied architecture in Iran. So I did a full, like, bachelor's degree uh, in architecture in Shiraz, Iran. And I liked art, I liked, like, architecture, but I was a bit, like, not knowing what exactly I'm going to do afterwards. I just knew I wanted to move to Europe. That's That was my goal and something very clear to me. So after graduating, I spent one year doing actually not so much, <laughs> but I, I ended up moving to Milan, Italy. Uh, and it happened as a coincidence because I was like traveling the year before that in Italy. I It was Milan Design Week. I passed by this uh, the university that later I studied in. And um, somehow got interested and I booked an appointment. So what I thought was like getting to know the school was actually ended up being an appointment, having an interview with the director of the, the university. And then they were like, OK, send us your portfolio. And I got accepted. I did my all the uh, procedures that I had to do, like getting the visa and all that very quickly. And I managed to like uh, move to Italy, start like studying interior design there. Wow. So did you just, you were just walking and you saw this university and you were like, yeah, why not? Let's just go talk to them. <laughs> no, it was not as simple. I hated it. <laughs> okay. It was a bit more <laughs> complex. I had uh, a friend of a friend who, who used to study in that university told me, oh, it's a cool university. Do you want to check it out? And I was in that time thinking of applying for universities, but I, in that one year after graduating, I think I was a bit depressed, not feeling quite sure what I'm going to do. I was like partying a lot, but not happy inside. So I didn't have like the, the clear mind to actually sit down and make my portfolio and CV and apply for for different universities so when this happened i was like yeah i'm gonna go check it out and it was actually design week so everything is like amazing and uh, full of like art and happenings and so much is going on in that city so i went to that uh, to that university that my friend of a friend that recommended and she had been studying there so it wasn't super random but yeah it happened to be also in one of the districts in milan that a lot of the art um, smaller art uh, galleries or, or happen. Wow, okay. And then you just entered there and you were like, I want to study here? 
Uh, I think I remember it was some uh, some part of that university had some installation or something for the design week. So you could enter. And then I talked to someone in the university. Yeah, I'm like interested. Can I have a tour of the university? That's what I thought it would be. And she said, yeah, come on Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. I don't remember too much, but yeah, it was like, yeah, come by on like 10 on Tuesday and I will give you a tour. And I ended up waiting in a hallway, super fancy, nice design hallway of this university. And then I entered this room and the man who introduced himself was it? Yeah, I'm the director of the the school. So, and it turned out to be an interview, and I had some of my um, my work and sample of my like portfolio and stuff with me because I thought they would give you advice to on how to make your portfolio. But he was like randomly going through my files and checking and asking me about my projects. So yeah, I I ended up being like a full interview. Without me knowing that I have an interview. So maybe it was a good blessing. <laughs> it is. Wow, this is a very beautiful technique. You guys out there, if you want to go to any university, just go there and ask for a tour. Maybe the same thing will end up happening to you as well. Yeah. But this was a private school. Of course, they have like you have to pay to go to the school. So they want people as well. It's not easy, but also, you know, when money is involved, things are a little bit different. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to make it sound too easy or like. Also, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to have like false information about stuff. But I knew that is something because when there's money, you are giving to the to any place. Things somehow become easier. But if you need a fund to get to a, to go to university, for example, so. I'm sure you need to put way more effort and it doesn't suddenly happen. Like, yeah, come here. We want you. Right. And so you went to Italy. You started studying there. Then what happened from there on? Oh, so I studied interior design. It was a special master. It was one year of studying and then you had to go to internship. And that year was one of the best and worst years of my life. I went to Speedy. It's a school that's super amazing, but the actual, um, it was really tough. It was mentally draining. It was, you were always being observed. You were under control and they were making sure you're under pressure and seeing how you do under the pressure. So it was, it was very close to actually working in real life in Italy. And uh, I I liked it. I learned a lot living alone, sort of free for the first time because I used to live alone also in Iran before that uh, by myself. But it was a different experience. So that whole year passed by very quickly, very intensively. We were working nonstop. I never had any weekend. And I went through all of it and went to um, internship. And then when the whole year ended, I needed to renew my residency card. So that brought up a lot of new chapters. Oh, tell us about that. I hate whatever visa work it is out there. Oh, yeah, it was it was such a hard time. Yeah. 
So I realized I'm finishing my uh, internship. I was in a doing a good job in an in an architectural firm in Milan, and they got actually a good um, offer to design a hotel in Dubai, and they didn't have enough people there. And I was doing my best to make them like hire me, even with like the base salary. But they said no, and they couldn't get that that project based on that. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense. You can't like hire me. I'll do this project, but the the manager didn't want to like take any risk. I don't know. She was comfortable in the way she runs the company. So I ended up uh, having three weeks to find a job, make a contract, uh, finish up with my university, go to like finish up my internship. And if I couldn't find a contract by then, I should have like left Italy. So I started, uh, I think it was then that I left like tons of CVs by hand. And I was like, I'm going to work in a boutique because uh, that's the easy work for me. Um, it was really hard to find work in architecture. So I started like looking around, like sending CVs to at least 100, 200 places. And I finally got hired in a boutique with super amazing people. And they, and actually my boss in my, in the architectural firm was uh, flexible. So I could have a bit of overlap in between, in between these two. And then I started the process of changing my student visa to work visa, which for some reason for me, it became extremely difficult. And it took like six months to go through it. And I had to go through different agencies, different like um, places every day. And it was like many problems that should not happen. Or I would enter this office that is supposed to have my uh, file somewhere and I would see like two meters, three meters of uh, paper file on the floor and somewhere in between was one paper, one A4 paper that like determined my life. So I went through this whole stress and at some point I was like, I'm going to leave. I'm just going to take my bag, go to the, to the airport and just let it like finish. But on that day when I was super devastated, I I said, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I can, put like my full effort. And if it doesn't happen, then I know it wasn't like meant to be. Kind of like a bit kitschy and like lame to say, but it was like my mentality. So I ended up uh, like working and managing to change my student visa to work visa with tons of problems, but it happened. And then I uh, continued working there until I like um, I changed some works and jobs, and then I ended up working in a in a very famous showroom, interior showroom in Milan, in the center of Milan, called Rimadesio. I have no idea what that is, but if you say it is famous, then it is famous. <laughs> yeah, in Italy, it's one of the big um, interior furniture and solution. Uh, showrooms. It was like 2,000 square meter of showroom in the center with huge her- headquarters. Uh, and they have really amazing products and style and design. So it was like a dream to get there. Mm-hmm. And so you wanted to go somewhere 
in your story, you wanted to go from Italy to Sweden. What happened? I was working, but I I started learning Italian, which helped me a lot at work. But I understood a lot more of the reality of living in Italy. Um, I've been traveling to Italy for maybe, yeah, many, many summers before that, before moving actually there. I have an uncle who lived there for 40 years or 50 years. So I used to like travel there and it was amazing. But then the reality of living and working in a very uh, aggressive environment in Italy, um, or actually I can say Milan, didn't match me or I didn't feel good enough and I couldn't see any future for me there. And I somehow thought, okay, this city is like, spitting me out it, it doesn't like me I, something with my character doesn't match here so i i faced my own like reality and i said you know what be be honest with yourself you don't want to you don't see a future here you're not gonna like it here and it was too aggressive i i learned to be aggressive i learned to be pushy loud and like I, we call it a bit Milanese style. I hope I'm not offending too many people. I have also very amazing like Italian friends, but I think they might agree that somewhere in Milan working experience, it's not always that sweet. Then I, when I learned it and I could use that skill, which I call like Milanese bitch style, um, I didn't like it because I was imagining that would end up being my character for if I do it for a long time. So yeah, I decided that I don't want to live there. So my options were, were moving back to Iran or actually moving somewhere else. And I didn't have too much um, energy to move anywhere else. And my sister used to live in Sweden. I used to also travel here a lot. And I liked the design and I said, ah, I'll give it a try. Let's just move there without any plan, without having any clue what I'm going to do. So I just moved to Sweden and I gave myself a few, a bit of time to adjust and like get all the tension out from that intense time in Italy. But I'm also like grateful for the time there. I cannot say only bad stuff, but it was very intense in good and bad. But in a very short time, many things like happened. Okay, so you went to Sweden. What was the plan there after relaxing a little bit? So I had no plan. I thought, okay, I need to find a job. And I lost my language, which I learned recently. I learned Italian. I, had, I could use it. I could work with it. I had some contacts. I was getting better in my work. And somehow my CV got fucked up, I would say. And I thought, oh, the thing was actually I had to go back because I was still using my Italian residency, even though I was living in Italy, in, in Sweden. So I had to go back to Italy and take one month being either in Italy or Iran, waiting for my new residency card. And in that time, I was thinking, I, I, my CV doesn't work quite as well as before. I need to show my skills and I cannot find a work that I think matches my skills to show what I'm capable of. So why not like start something? And I always, 
I was always fascinated and inspired by like smaller scale design and I tried to find a, a, a course in jewelry design which was my passion and kind of my hobby I would say and I, I managed to get to this goldsmith workshop in Iran from, had one lesson then I said, this doesn't work for me. I need to just like sit here, do my own thing. And then when I went back to Sweden, uh, as soon as I like had my courses, I had like an ex exhibition, the first one. And then I said, you know what? I'm too old to have a hobby. Let's make a whole work out of it. So I started my business from there and I uh, registered it in Sweden and then it grew from there. Oh, wow. You registered it in there in Sweden how like you registered a company I did register like a freelance freelancer work so I I as soon as I moved to Sweden I got a project for doing some illustrations like urban design kind of architectural illustrations for a newspaper that got like published there and I used that contract I took up the contract and I started doing the project and delivered it without having a company there. And I thought I could actually use my Italian like freelance company, which didn't work out and I had to start a freelance. So later when I started with the jewelry, I kind of merged these two because you can have like different activities in your own company. So that uh, having that contract and that project, the first one helped me open up this um, this uh, freelance company that might or may not like work if I'm not living here fully. So that helps quite a lot. And then I kind of based it on that. I, I grew the activity like to jewelry and interior design. So it was like a freelance uh, company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you right now working on your jewelry work or are you working in any office? No, I work on my company. Uh, it's like... I go to my own studio, I make my own jewelries, I'm starting to like uh, have new like collections and no, it's, I'm working for my own uh, jewelry mostly. I have some interior or architectural projects, small ones here and there, but my focus is right now on the, on the company. So your company took off, right? It became successful. Uh, well, yes and no, of course. Like It's like many startup companies. I, I managed to make it work. I had my first exhibition after, I think, 40 days from the first day I touched any like metal. So I took all of those like pieces. I had my first exhibition. I had tons of good uh, feedback. And people were like, wow, this is great. Even like a goldsmith with super amazing experience came to me. was like, you have really nice design. You have to work on your um, on your technique. And I told him, I'm, I have to tell you, I only started this one month ago. And then he was like, okay, you if you need anything, you can come to me. So these things gave me a lot of encouragement. And I... I Grew my company. It, I started making more jewelry, having my own like studio, and then in 2018 I got like selected. Uh, well, or Lotera, which is the name of my jewelry um, jewelry brand, got selected as like precious talent. Wow! Um, in Sweden, which is like a 
jewelry firm in Stockholm and they choose like eight people or 10 people every year as the startup companies and give them a like a place in magazine and a bit of, I mean, it was a good thing. Yeah. Oh my God, this is really good. So your business did actually work. Yeah, but it's, it's the reality of a business is not as fancy. You go through like, yeah, I want to do the design. I just want to like be creative, do what I want to do. And then you end up at the end of the year. Oh, I have to do accounting. I have to learn legal stuff. And these things are not always fancy. And also in the beginning, whatever I was earning, I was putting back in the company. And I am still doing that. So it's, um, it's growing, it's getting better. And some like in my exhibitions, they usually like, I sell everything. It's, uh, it's quite nice, but it has a lot of other sides that you can, uh, from outside, it looks like, of course, the most successful one, but inside you need to deal with like accounting. Who wants to do that? That's true. I mean, there are people that like it, but yeah, yeah. I, I understand. No, I mean, like as a designer, you don't want to do that. I know, I know. And then you say, yeah, I'm very successful until like May comes and I have to end like register my taxes. Then I don't want to do this. I'm not successful. <laughs> then you think like, what am I doing with my life? You know? I know. Um, Anaita, what does the future hold for you? Do you have plans for, let's say, for the next five years? Where do you see yourself? Um, I'm a bit ambitious, too ambitious. I would like to grow my jewelry business and also start designing furniture and interior design. So I sort of combine the interior like through like smaller scale and more like custom made furniture. But that's a bit further in the future. And I hope I can like expand my brand to more of like furniture objects. And later, if I do more of interior projects, it can be more, they can be more, all more connected. So the near future is next month, which I'm going to have an exhibition in Sweden in my studio. And then I need to renew my residency here in Sweden. So I will have a few months of being busy with that. And then I will focus on doing some furniture and more objects, like bigger scale objects. Anita, tell us where people can find you. So, uh, well, here, <laughs> no, you can find me on Instagram. My jewelry is La Terra Jewelry. La underline Terra underline jewelry. That's L A T E R R A, uh, which means the earth, actually, or the land. And uh, my website is la uh, laterrastore.com. And I'm going to have my architectural website soon up, but uh, I'm in between changing my last name to my husband's last name. So let's announce it <laughs> later on. But I think people can follow me there and I will announce more stuff on Instagram and yeah, on my website. If you were to leave the audience of this podcast with one thing, one last word, one last thought, what would that be? Follow your gut. That is very short, but very precise. Thank you. Yeah, I think that always helps me. Yeah. That is true. 
Okay, so now you can go ahead and do your own version of goodbye and I'll do mine. Go ahead. It was nice to be here. Thank you for having me. And I hope everyone's doing well in this uh, hard year. It's almost finishing, I hope. And yeah, that's it. I really hope everyone's doing well and better this year. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your story with me and with us. This was yet another episode of If I Did, You Can Too. Until next time, bye-bye.